Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, you out there. Yeah, you. Listening to this episode of Talking Points. It's your host, Brian Kelly, the points guy, and we want to hear from you about the show. What kind of topics do you want to hear more of? Who would you love to hear me interview? Where do you want me to go? What destinations, conferences, you name it. Give me all of your feedback because we're going to be relaunching Talking Points with amazing new episodes and we want your feedback. Go to thepointsguy.com slash podcast to learn more and let me know by May 1st. Welcome to Talking Points. I'm your host, Brian Kelly, and I'm coming to you live from London with a very special guest, our very own Nikki Kelvin, head of content for the recently launched TPG UK. Nikki, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here and very exciting that we're finally uh, off the ground. Finally off the ground. So this week has been pretty epic. We're currently in the throes of our launch. How do you feel about everything? Feeling really great. It's been a really exciting week very full on. We've met a million people. We have our incredible pop-up shop in London. It seems to be going really well and everybody loves it. Um, what's the point of spending so much time and money on, on doing a pop-up shop in Covent Garden? Well, the points guy doesn't like to do things by halves generally. And so we're <laughs> continuing that tradition and we're happy to continue the tradition of the US team. We thought having a physical space where people can check out what we're up to, meet us in real life, have some really cool engaging activities. But to have us there to talk about Mars and Points and to understand what's going on in the UK Mars and Points space is the reason why we, we wanted a physical space for people to talk to us. In the UK, people don't really know anything about Miles and Points yet, and we are here to bring that information to them. And why do you think that is? I think the culture just hasn't moved as quickly as it has in the US. I know that the UK looks a bit like what the US looked like 10 years ago, maybe. Loyalty is a new thing to the British public. Credit cards are something that people are generally cautious about. And reward programs. I think the Brits are quite cynical about things. And mm -hmm. you often hear, where's the value for me? I, I can never use them, these points, even if I get them. It's all a load of rubbish. It's not true. And that's what we're here to. It sounds like you've got an uphill battle, though. How did you get into the whole miles and points game? So I have a bit of a weird and interesting journey. I trained as a solicitor in the city, a big, scary law firm. And that and means lawyer for those who don't know. This lawyer, sense. attorney. <laughs> attorney. Is that your is that your way of a US accent? Oh, no, I can do so much better. Don't judge me on that. <laughs> don't judge me. That's for another podcast. I do I do British accents, regional accents really well, but that we'll, okay. we'll save those. So I worked as a lawyer then for five years for a very big record label and swung in some music circles, also worked as a photographer. So I worked as a photojournalist in Israel. And then when I joined the label, I shot loads of music stars from your Justin Bieber's and your Shawn Mendes's to Lionel Richie, all sorts of people. I had incredible experiences doing that. But what I really loved to take pictures of was aeroplanes and airports and aviation. And was that and ever since a kid you've been obsessed? Since being a tiny child, aeroplanes, flying airports and everything associated was my obsession. And so... 
as I got older, my sister was British Airways cabin crew. And so I was very lucky to be able to travel with her a lot on the cheap, staff travel, back in the days where taxes in the UK were much lower. And I went all over with her. Then she got married and had children and ruined How my dare life. She? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> awful. So I lost all of that. So Miles and Points was my way to replace all of that. How did you get stuff. into Miles and Points? Did you like, were you Googling around? Did you cut someone the flyer talk? Yeah, so Fly Talk was how I began, started using credit cards here and there to build up points. I got into Flyer Talk, I think, in 2004. I think I, think I was Flyer Talking whilst I was still at university. So probably, I reckon, 07, 08, yeah. I was on Flyer Talk and not active. Pre TPG. And trying to work out this world and what was going on. And, and I remember my first redemption when I finished university was to South America. It was when BMI, the, the old British Midland, had a great rewards program oh, yeah, that with was, a great credit that. card. It was like 36,000 miles round trip in business class. With stops. Yeah. It was insane. So I flew all different airlines, all business class down to Argentina. There was a fifth freedom on Air Canada from Buenos Aires to Santiago, flew Air Canada business down there. Flew home actually on Continental business, mm -hmm. which I remember RIP being... RIP Continental. Yeah, which I remember being great. And then I sort of continued my journey from there. I learned more and more about Air Miles and a few years ago, about five years ago now, started Miles Mogul. I was telling everybody about this stuff. I said, like, you've got to get a credit card. You've got to earn Avios. You've got to earn Virgin Points because there's real value there and nobody was doing it. So started writing a bit of a blog. The blog then turned into an Instagram and because I take lovely pictures of planes, my Instagram did quite well. People in the Avgeek community enjoyed my photography. Then I started doing masterclasses. The masterclasses were called How to Fly First Class for Almost Free, teaching people the beginnings of this hobby. Were you petrified before you went on? Yeah, I was so, I was so scared. I had 100 people there. Everyone had paid to be there. So I was like, am I worthy? Like These people have bought, <laughs> yeah. bought tickets. But I thought, Do you know what? The advice is great I'm giving them. And after that first one, People were loving it. And when you were a solicitor, did they know that you were doing this on the side? Yeah, and everybody loved it. It yeah. was like, I know this was the same for you, Brian, that people would come up to my desk and be like, you know, I need to fly to New York next week. Like, help me, I've got to fly business mm -hmm. class. Like, how am I doing it? How do I get my miles? So I became an advisory service to everybody, including my boss and, and his whole I, So I started the points guy as a mileage booking service. Even before it was a blog, it was, you know, it was a forum where people would pay me 50 bucks and I would do the dirty work for, you know, searching for awards for them. Did you ever do that? I did that a lot, but not formally. And people did actually pay me ad hoc, but not really. That I was mainly helping people that I knew to be able to do that as opposed to people paying me. People were paying me to come to the talks though, to learn how to do it themselves. So we followed each other on Instagram for several years. I remember you came to the TPG offices when we were in the WeWork downtown. Yeah. So that must be what, three years ago? Or? That was probably three and a half years ago now. So yeah, met you then. And even then three and a half years ago, you were like, yeah, the UK, like something's happening. Like something's gonna happen there. Watch this space. And I watched this space <laughs> for three years until uh, finally we arrived at TPG UK being a possibility or a reality. Well, A, I love coming to London and the UK has been our number two audience at the site for years. Granted, it's only like 3% or something. You know, the US is by far our number one, but we've had several hundred thousand readers a month in the UK for years. So I always knew the UK was something we should do, but it was always about finding the right people. And I actually didn't think that you'd want to leave your job as a solicitor. All the stars aligned. And what was it? August of 2018, you got your offer to join. You accepted. 
What was that like telling your parents and your boss at the big record label that you're quitting to go work for a blog? I'd been waiting on the offer to come through. And actually, I don't know if you even know this. I probably never told you this, but when you called me to tell me, right, it's done and this is your offer and I'm emailing you the formal documents now. I was actually on a photo shoot. It was an artist, one of our artists I looked after called Gorgon City. It was a huge album launch party, like a rave. And I was <laughs> in I was in the rave in the DJ booth with a huge crowd in front yeah, of no, me. I never knew this And story. I'm taking photos and and my phone starts ringing. I look at it, Brian Kelly. I'm like, oh, I've got to go. But bashed my way through the crowds, came out. It was in East. so funny. I had no idea. East London in Hackney in the summer. It was in early August. It was hammering it down with rain, pouring down. And I was in just a T-shirt, already sweating. Two of my, my, two, my two cameras over my shoulder took the call. Brian's like, it's happening. It's time. And then the sort of rest was history. But actually... I was like, I can't go back in there. I can't go back into this rave. <laughs> and, and thankfully, I'd nailed the pictures already. So I, I just so ordered, a, ordered a cab, went home, called my parents. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I think the, the reality was I had a very, I had an amazing job at the label, amazing people that I love. Actually, my boss and some of my old colleagues. It was came fun to getting to meet him at the pop-up. Yeah, he's like, he's a great guy. He was like a father to me and he really encouraged me to grow in all different areas alongside growing my legal career. And I think everybody at the label knew when they heard of this opportunity, there wasn't even a question. This was my dream job to be working in the world of aviation and travel and talking about miles and points and to do some loads of camera and content stuff and to travel for work was just everything about me that being a lawyer wasn't. Thankfully, I got to leave the label on a high. I was leaving the industry, leaving law, leaving music. So there was no bad blood anywhere, which was amazing as well. So I kind of got cheered out of the office. And no. that makes it sound like... Yeah. <laughs> it is going to be difficult here because, you know, in the US, we're so lucky. I mean, the, we've got probably 10 different credit card issuers. They're all competing. The interchange within banks is much higher. So there's much richer rewards in, in credit cards and 100,000 point sign up bonuses. That's not the case here. Explain to reader listeners what the current situation is in the UK travel rewards credit card market. So that is right. We don't have the richness of the US market. However, there is still plenty of rewards to be had and that most people are just not taking advantage of. Some of the main ones that I think are being missed out on, nobody really knows that Tesco club car points can be converted into Avios at quite beneficial rates. So the, the thing I keep talking about is 200 pounds a week spend at Tesco after a year would leave you with 25,000 Avios. You know, most people are doing that shop at Tesco and just getting nothing off the back of it. All you have to do is scan your club card. The credit card market is granted very different to the US, but there are still some juicy credit card signup bonuses. The Amex Platinum card has 30,000 point signup bonus at the moment. For example, that's at the top end. So there are credit card bonuses to be had. But usually where we see 40 to 70, you guys are in the zero to 30 range. Yeah. You know, 15 is all right. Yeah. 20 is good, more than that is an excellent deal right. for us. But again, that's decent chunks of points that you otherwise would just not have. And then putting your day-to-day -day spending on a rewards credit card to earn off every purchase, it builds up. You know, Maybe it takes a bit longer here and takes a bit more planning, but 
you can totally get that reward in the end. And also things like shopping portals. I was just looking this morning at um, the British Airways shopping portal has six Avios per pound at Apple. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, next time you buy... That's something that people in the US store are always shocked by when I'm like, shop through shopping portals. People are like, what? And it's free. It's points for nothing. And the, and the benefits are great. Like ASOS, everybody in the UK shops at ASOS. Eight Avios per pound at the moment they have an offer on that. You know, I know people who spend 50 quid a day on ASOS and it's just huge amounts of points that can be earned. So you're the head of content. Your job is to bring really compelling stuff. How is the content at TPG UK going to be different than the US? So we're going to be different, first of all, by having a UK slant on things. We know loads of people in the UK were reading the US site already, but we're frustrated that the advice didn't have that UK voice and UK focus. So our primary aim is to bring UK information. How can you maximize travel and miles and points if you live in the UK and you can only get UK credit cards and take advantage of UK deals? So bringing miles and points information, credit card information, UK deals or European deals, the kind of stuff that people in the UK and Europe are actually going to do and use and have access to. And then in terms of how we present that content, we're going to make that exciting, fun, engaging. So yeah, we're going to have that solid backbone written information for miles and points. It's super important. But we've also got some incredible video content, amazing visuals. Yeah, the, the Instagram is already day one of launch. We're at over 9,000 followers and crazy engagement, most of whom are in the UK. Like it's I'm excited to see where you guys take this because I am blown away at the creative talent. You know, we're only, what, seven full-time people here. Yeah. Most are on the content team. What you guys have done already is is awesome. And, you know, from my perspective, I think the UK is going to actually help encourage creatively the US. You know, a lot of the content does overlap. Now, one of the things that I think in listeners probably don't know about it is one of the best ways to maximize obvious is the multi-carrier award which is not really listed online do you want to explain what it is and how people should approach it yeah so multi-carrier awards a lesser known corner of the avios world i did one of these last march and it's probably the most exciting redemption i've ever done so they use a different pricing chart instead of doing Instead of paying per flight, you pay per mileage. So you add up all your mileage for the whole ticket and then you pay a certain amount. So I actually flew from London to Hong Kong on Cathay Pacific, Hong Kong to Taipei and back on Cathay Pacific, all in first class, down to Perth on Cathay Business, and then hopped over to Singapore on a low-cost airline. And then I flew from Singapore to London on British Airways Business. And so I, I flew Qantas, Cathay and BA. So for the ticket, you need to fly two or more One World Airlines. So I qualified for that. By putting on all these shorter, more expensive flights, it didn't add to the cost of my ticket, but it would have added a huge amount to the cost of a cash ticket. So I paid 100,000 Avios and 500 pounds tax. It would have cost, had I paid cash, 20,000 pounds for the whole ticket, which is And insane. if you would have priced as an individual Avios award, each of those, I mean, it probably would have been what, 300,000 Avios? It priced out at, I think, 385,000. Avios, but instead you got it for 100. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to take a quick pause to hear from our sponsors. All right. You grew up in Leeds, which is what how, a couple hours north of London. 200 miles to the north. What was it like growing up in Leeds? Leeds is great. Do you recommend like an American visitor journeying uh, up to Leeds on so, a trip? So, yes. 
maybe not Leeds itself. Leeds is a great city, third biggest university by, town, right? Yeah, third biggest by population in the UK, depending on how you define it. It's a very cool place. However, the surrounds of Leeds are amazing. The Yorkshire Dales are beautiful. If any of you have ever seen a box of Yorkshire tea, I know there's one in the USTPG office. The picture on the front of the box, that is Yorkshire. That's quintessential Yorkshire Dales. Dry stone walling, these beautiful fences, sheep everywhere, rolling hills, beautiful valleys, little pubs. It's incredible English countryside and I adore it. And it's an it. easy train from London, right? If you went up to Leeds, Leeds is just over two hours on the train from London and the Yorkshire Dales hop in a car and you're there in half an hour, 40 minutes. From my house, I live on the northern edge of Leeds and we're in the Dales in sort of 20 minutes. But you've been in London now for how many years? I've been here almost 10 years. So you're a cool guy. You're, you've got your pulse on fun things to do. What are what are three cool things outside of, you know, the big tourist attractions that people could do to get a cool London experience? Okay, I'll give you three. I'll give you a food one and I'll give you two places. So I live in Northwest London. I've always lived in those areas and, and I love it up there. Everybody has their sort of natural home area in London, but Primrose Hill in Northwest London is a fantastic little spot, really cool buildings and houses and a great high street with cool food. But Primrose Hill itself, if you walk up to the top of it, it's probably a three minute walk to get to the top. And there is the most stunning view of the whole of London. So it sits right above London Zoo. You can actually see down into the zoo and then beyond it and beyond Regent's Park, you can see into the city, all the skyscrapers. You can see as far as Canary wow. Wharf. Why haven't you taken me? That sounds awesome. I tried to, I tried to actually, I tried to. You're a busy man. Uh, number two, Columbia Road Flower Market. Only open on the Sunday. I absolutely love it down there. It's got kind of touristy now, because of the people, it's just packed with people and it gets very busy on a Sunday. But at its core, it's still what it was. Hawkers down a very narrow street. Do you buy flowers street. every Sunday? Yeah, well, if I go there, I can't resist. I have an obsession with plants and flowers. So there's hawkers on, on both sides of this very narrow street and they're all shouting out like proper East End. They're like, get you lilies, 10 for five. <laughs> like all of that. So it's kind of an experience as an out-towner. It's also surrounded by hipster things of east london so cool little coffee shops and places to grab food but what makes it is the vendors on the yeah. stores who are all shouting out and it feels like if you close your eyes you're almost in the east end in the 50s or something oh cool um and then my last one will be a food place indian food and the uk go hand in hand we have some incredible options but dishoom is just the one for me i guess it's a bit gimmicky the, the insides of it, it's set up like a Bombay Iranian cafe, but the food is just incredible. And and that's D-I-S-H-O-O-M. That's it. And I know, I've passed by it and I've heard from people, but I haven't been yet. There's maybe, you never take me anywhere, Nikki. There's maybe, there's maybe five of them in London now. What do you love on the menu? I maintain that the chicken ruby, which is the chicken curry that they do, is the best chicken curry you can get in the UK. And it's that's, in, it's that's in, a bold statement. And it's Indian. You go in there, like everyone's Indian in there. Actually, someone who you know from the US, Brian, was who's from India, born and raised there, was in our office last week. And she'd just come from Tashoom. And she said it made her feel like she was at home. Huh. And she doesn't get that in the US. So, so there you go. I'm adding these to my list. I know I've been meaning to go there. We got to wrap it up. But um, one of the things I'm most excited to travel with you is uh, soon we're going to Israel, which is shockingly a country I've never been to. You've been how many times? Uh, I think when I went at 
New Year, it was my 31st trip, wow. I think. And I've spent four and a half years of my life there, cumulatively. There's so much to offer in Israel. Like, what are your high-level Israel tips? Okay, I think I think the easiest way to do Israel, if you're on tight timing, Tel Aviv is just the most awesome city ever. Incredible Do you like Tel Aviv people. more than London? I could never actually live in Tel Aviv. Israel's a bit, like, crazy to live in, <laughs> I think. Although I have lots of friends from England who moved there, but it's a bit crazy for me. But Tel Aviv and London are like are almost like my two homes along with Leeds. So Tel Aviv, the best food as you are about to experience when we go there in about 10 days. Incredible food, incredible people. The vibe is just amazing, amazing nightlife as well. And basing yourself in Tel Aviv is great to then hop off to different places. So everybody's got to see Jerusalem. Jerusalem without traffic is maybe a 35 minute, 40 minute drive from Would Tel Aviv. Would you recommend staying a couple nights there? Because to do it, a day trip wouldn't do it justice, right? A day trip would not do it justice. I would say if you can do two nights in Jerusalem, great. If you can visit the north at least for a day somewhere in the north to see an aspect of Israel, the waterfalls and the greenery that you just don't even associate with the Middle East or Israel is awesome to see. And you have to go to the desert. The desert is my favorite place in Israel. It feels biblical, mm. barren. And combining a day in the desert with the Dead Sea, having a float in the Dead Sea is a very unique experience. And I actually can't wait to get you slathered in mud, can't baking wait. in the heat and, uh, and, and floating in the Dead Sea. All right, Nikki, we've got to wrap up, but I'm going to hold you to it. You got to give us some of those UK regional accents. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, if I were from, if I were from, if I spoke like I were from Leeds, I would talk way more like this. Like this is how I should talk because I'm from Leeds. Actually, you've just been in Scotland, so maybe we'll take it right up there because you know this accent now. No, I know it's good. I, I, and actually, one place that Brian is very passionate about visiting, weirdly, is Wales. So actually, the Welsh accent is one of my easiest ones. It just rolls off the tongue for me. I, I love speaking in a Welsh accent. I could go on and on. I've got millions of these, but maybe let's leave Those it there. Those are pretty good ones. Well, Nikki, once again, thanks for being on. And I like to end in allowing people to self-promote. So... Do you want to tell people how to follow the Point Sky UK on social and the site and your Instagram? Sure. So my Instagram is at Nikki Kelvin. Unless you really love planes, then it's at Miles Mogul. And you can see me in my aviation surrounds. We are at the Point Sky UK on Instagram and Twitter and the Point Sky on YouTube and Facebook. Please follow us on all of those social media platforms and our website, thepointsguy.co.uk. You should go there, check it out, and also sign up to our newsletter, which you will be able to do on our website as well. And once again, that's thepointsguy.co.uk. Nikki, congrats on the launch, and I'm really looking forward to see where you guys take this thing. Thanks again to my guest, Nikki Kelvin, head of content at The Point Sky UK and everyone at the London office. This launch week has been a ton of fun. And also special thanks to my amazing new executive assistant, Christy Matsui. And of course, thanks to our production team back in New York City, Caroline Chagrin and Margaret Kelly with help from Ryan Gabos. And thank you to Phil Bodger, our freelance engineer in London. 